Hey everyone, Rhonda Cohen here. Firefighter, EMT, registered dietitian, certified sports nutritionist. Welcome to the Firefighting Female Podcast. Hello everyone, Happy New Year. Welcome to today's episode of the Firefighting Female. With me today is Dr. Susanna Fitzpatrick. Hey Susanna, how are you? Hey Rhonda, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming out on a cold January night. It's appreciated. So as we start the new year, we always look back on what we did the previous year and think maybe there's something that we missed that we could have done, something that we want to improve, or maybe we're completely satisfied with what we've accomplished. But there's always room to grow, always room to develop. So as we set our New Year's resolutions or intentions, we often think, what are we going to do to improve ourselves in our career professionally? So the topic for today is going to be mentorship and career development. So how do they correlate, you may wonder. Well, when you're thinking maybe you want to become a master firefighter, if that is what your county offers, or maybe you want to become an officer, or maybe you are satisfied where you are, but you want to improve your skill level and training, there's always obstacles. There's always ways to improve. There's always things that you've got to figure out. And that's where the mentor comes in. So the mentor could be even somebody that's at the same level as you that wants to grow in the same direction. A mentor could be your officer. It could be your family member. It could be somebody at your training academy. Whoever that person may be, it's important to pick somebody that, first of all, has the time And if you are asked to be a mentor, don't just agree if you don't have time because it's a big responsibility. You're taking somebody under your wing, basically, and helping them grow. So the first thing is, and there are several steps to career development, but the first thing is to figure out what is your ultimate goal and then break down that ultimate goal into small steps. For example, you want to become a truck driver. Well, how do you get there? Do you have to have a certain amount of time as an EMT or a firefighter? Every county is different in their rules and regulations. And then maybe find the person at your firehouse that you think is a great driver and ask them, hey, listen, can you show me some tips and tricks of the trade? And that is how you determine who your best mentor will be. Do you agree? I think um, yes and no. Lots of what you said really spoke to me. Um, I think, you know, finding a mentor is something you should put really important thought to and not even just having your end goal and sort of your your where you want to be in 15 years. But I I'm a big believer in putting down on paper where you want to be in a month, in six months, in a year, in five years. You know, there's a lot of a lot of people do like a, a board in their room, their vision board, to think about where they want to be in the future. And there's a lot to be said of getting your mind into um, what your goal is going to be. I make myself a list and sort of put my goals on that. Some people do journals. Some people keep it in their head. Some people write them down in other places, say them out loud. And, and it just is another step to sort of change your framework and your mind to get to your end goal. Um, So I always encourage people to do that. And your mentor might not be the same mentor for your one-month goal, for your five-year goal. And thinking about, like, who can get you there and sort of support you. 
Um, I do think that there's it's sort of important to think about like mentorship versus coaching versus precepting because all of those have a little bit of a different term and sort of think about what do I want to get out of the other person to help me be my best self? Do I want somebody to support me on my journey? Do I want somebody who is going to, you know, give me step-by-step instruction on how to get there? Do I want somebody who is going to give me an overarching lens of what my future might look look like? You know, all those can be different things. You know, sometimes, especially when you're new, you want somebody to say to you, you have to do these 10 things in order to be a truck driver, these 10 things to get checked off as a master. And and having a checkbox, I think, is really important. Um, for many people. But then in terms of sort of supporting you in your long-term journey, you know, you need to move away from the checklist, but more of, you know, here's the things I did in order to get there. Here's how I grew myself professionally in order to get there. Here's mistakes that I made along the way in order to get there. Um, And searching for those people who are, you know, transparent, not just about their victories, but about their mistakes along the way and say, you know, I really messed this up and this is how I overcame it, or this is how I felt when it happened. And, you know, how I, I bettered myself. So. There's a few things I just took away from what you just said, and it's all great. So when we talked about in our previous uh, episode, when we talked about intentions and resolutions, instead of setting things that are perhaps, well, it's good if you set things that are for the present and things for the future. And the present will be, for example, today I'm going to do A, B, and C. And in the future, I want to do D, E, and F. But if you don't get to that level, it's okay because there's time to make adjustment. So everything is always going to be a flow and it's going to evolve. And it's going to evolve because sometimes you may even make a change in your your whole focus and your whole future game plan. And as you go, another good thing about mentoring is that you make connections because everybody knows somebody. And as you go along the way, you're going to meet different instructors. You're going to meet different people in your field, no matter whether it's going to be in your department or outside of your department. For example, if you go to any type of meetings, sessions, any of those things where you're going to meet new people and you're going to say, hey, this is really great. I want to be involved in something else. So there's always a present and always a future and change is good. The other thing is to realize that if you don't accomplish a goal immediately, you don't beat yourself up for that. And the mentor shouldn't beat themselves up too if you agree to be a mentor and your person that you're mentoring is not succeeding in the direction that you originally planned. It's okay. We evolve, we change. But one good thing that we learn too is listening and communication skills, which I think is very important because without communication, there's no point in even having a plan. Would you agree? I think for sure. I mean, it's a skill that people don't know how to do. We don't know how to communicate with each other well. We don't know how to give feedback well. We don't know how to receive feedback well. You know, certainly in the fire department, the feedback is you're awesome or you suck. And so that's not perhaps the most um, appropriate at times and does not um, offer a support system of mentorship. Uh, but you know, as grownups, as we grow into who we are as human beings saying, this is how I like feedback, this is how I don't like feedback, um, is an important skill too. So, you know, sort of evolving um, and recognizing we're professionals and not just people riding the back of an ambulance. We do offer a really important part of um, the beginning piece of healthcare. And I think sometimes we forget that, that we are professionals to do that, and the community might as well. And so the way to do that is to grow yourself professionally in your organization, which we all have lots of opportunities to do. 
I also think that it's important to realize that your goal is your goal. Don't let anybody else influence you and make you change your mind to go with what they want you to be. So if you start off as an EMT or a firefighter and your goal is, well, I, of course, should become a master and then an officer because that's what I'm supposed to do according to what we think the fire service wants you to be. But maybe you realize three years in, you know, I'm not loving this or this is just not my thing, but I love the fire service. So let me find out what else I can do professionally. Maybe it would be with a different chapter that's outside of the actual network of riding calls, maybe in an administrative or a supervisory position, if you can get to that level. So that's another important thing to remember is that you are an individual. Ultimately, you're the one that has to be happy. So you have to choose your career path and your career development path. Also, never be afraid if you choose somebody to be your mentor to maybe realize, you know, maybe this person isn't the right person that's going to help me along my career development path. And it's okay to say, you know what? You have helped me so much. This has been great, but I need to change my focus. And I think that somebody else may perhaps be a better fit. It's okay to change and evolve. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, uh, I sort of, not in a selfish way, think the only person in charge of you is you and the only person looking out for you is you. Only just if you want to do something, you want to make change, you want to grow in this way, you want to be a master, you want to do that. Nobody's going to sit around and go, hey, do you want to do that? Hey, let me help you. Um, you know, oftentimes those people are sort of overlooked because you don't know that they have the time and energy and passion to do those things. So if there's something you want to do, you should put it out there in the universe. And if it works out, great. Um, but nobody's going to know you have an interest in those things until you say and you move towards that, you know, next step. You know, it's it's complicated. We don't know how to do that. I think in lots of organizations and I think, you know, the fire service, you know, certainly where we volunteer has not taught us as members of how to mentor others and how to lead others and how to help others grow professionally. It's just like, oh, great. You showed up to volunteer. Wonderful. Um, get on the ambulance. And, and which is an important, you know, the most important thing that we do is helping the community. Let me be clear about that. But in order to help the community the best we can is to help each other. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be growing at the rescue squad or the fire department, but can be growing as a human being. Oh, you want to go to school? Cool. Let me talk to you about school. You want to write something? Awesome. Let's talk about that. You want to go running? Cool. Let's do that. Because if a person is sort of fulfilled as a human being, you'll be a much better volunteer and, and be able to help, you know, service up the community. And I think when we're saying things like this, when you choose a mentor, it doesn't have to be a person that is your senior person. I love, and I speak with experiences from our fire department, Wheaton Rescue Squad in Montgomery County, Maryland. When we have somebody that is interested perhaps in riding the squad and you go through a fourth man checkoff and they have to pull out every single tool every single night and show proficiency on that tool. So they conduct the drills. Well, Senior people may look to a younger person now to be a mentor because maybe you've forgotten something or maybe you're not as proficient in a new piece of equipment that's just been put on the squad. And I love to see 
a brand new person on the squad. And when I say brand new on the squad, it means they've probably been in the station a couple of years. So they're not brand new to the department. But now they've become the educator and the mentor. So you don't have to choose a senior person. You can choose any person that you feel will help you to grow. And I love to see that. And for you, for example, we look to you every year when we do our research. And you teach us things that we have forgotten when it comes to CPR, Lucas, AED, all of those great things. So the feeling of a mentor, I mean, you have to feel appreciated. It's a good feeling to know that people come to you and say, you know, you're, you're great at this. Show me. So I think becoming a mentor is an honor as well. Do you feel great when people come up to you for help? Oh, for sure. You know, there's this interesting concept that when somebody asks you for help, you feel so satisfied that you can help another person. But to ask another person, most of the time you feel so much shame and darkness right. to do it. I'm like, why is that? Right. Um, but of course, I love helping people. You know, the thing that wakes me up in the morning is helping other people, right? I do that as a mother. I do that as a friend. I do that as a nurse. I do that as a paramedic. It's just helping other people. Um, and there are certainly moments where you're like, I don't have it in you. I don't have it in me to help you today. I just can't do it. But most of the time, of course, it's very rewarding to do that. And um, I do find, I, I do really think it's my pleasure to be able to help another person grow into their best self. I'm not always my best self, but if I can help you be your best self today, you know, I'm thrilled. Yeah, it's an honor. It really is an honor. So we've talked about ways to develop our career and to be flexible and to realize that we're going to have to evolve in shaping out our career. But let's talk about what it takes to become a mentor. So if somebody asks you, listen, I want you to help me out. So we've talked about that being a huge honor. And the importance is to decide whether you really have the time to be a mentor, because it's not something that's just a two-minute mentoring position. Sometimes it can take days, weeks, or months. You make a commitment to a person. And you have to really be strong in the direction that that person wants to go. So you have to analyze yourself first. Do I know enough about what this person wants me to do to let me be an effective mentor? You also have to ask yourself, do I have the listening and communication skills necessary to be a good mentor? Because it's not just one way sometimes. You have to adapt to the person's knowledge. And if somebody isn't grasping something as fast as you would like for them to do, you have to be able to be able to adjust to what that person's learning needs are. Do you ever find that when you're teaching somebody in classes that maybe there's somebody that doesn't quite get it and you have to readjust your whole teaching perspective to help that person? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's nobody's ever going to be exactly the same in a group of students, right? I have one class that has 22 students. 15 of them are, you know, coasting, get the information, ask thoughtful questions, uh, very present, you know, five of them are, you know, reaching for the stars, exceptional and just killing it. And then a couple of them are like, oh, man, what happened? Um, so you're always going to have those people uh, and you just sort of can't predict what will happen and you have to 
sort of do your best for the majority of it. And if you, I tend to reach out to the people who are on the lower end, just check it in, anything I can do for you, not sort of call out the fact that, you know, they are underperforming in comparison. I mean, you know that, right? right when you're making right, a mistake right. or not being your, up to par, you're like, oof, you, you know. There's very few times that somebody doesn't know that, that it's a shock when you're saying, hey, just checking in because it's not, not awesome. Um, but you know, most of, most people are do fine with it. And I would say the people you check in with who are open to having a conversation, cause that's a whole different set of vulnerability to be able to say, yes, I am struggling. Yes, I do need help. Almost always it's something happening in their life that has nothing to do with you. My grandfather is sick. My kid has been home every single time this week. I lost my job. I don't you know, whatever, my advisor said something cruel to me, whatever it may be, it's nothing hardly ever related to, to you. But, you know, going back to the mentor sort of coming up to you, you know, giving some deliverables and actionable items whenever somebody says like, hey, can we meet? I'm like, great. What do you want to meet about? What's the goal of the meeting? What are we talking about? What can I help you with? Or I don't know, I just want to chit chat. That's cool too. No problem. Do you want me to take notes? Do you want me to like give you some deliverables that you need to complete by that, you know, by the next time we meet or how can I be of help to that? I'm a very organized person. I can multitask a lot of different things. So lots of people will meet with me like, hey, can you help me just sort of organize my thoughts and help me get some structure around it? Sure, no problem. Are we just like having a conversation? Do you want me to interject? Um, or am I just, you know, offering some support? You know, again, going back to the differences between coaching and mentorship, right? Coaching is sort of supporting you on your own journey. Mentoring is sort of supporting you in your journey, but offering you insights to help you go the path that I want you to. Um, you know, and so giving them some feedback about that, I think is important. And when you are seeking help, you know, saying, hey, Rhonda, I really want to meet with for you about coffee, right? Everybody in the universe is going to say, I'm too busy. I don't have time. But hey, Rhonda, I really want to meet with you about coffee because I'm really interested in understanding what your transition into your master's program for your RD. Can you tell me a little bit about that, right? Actionable. You know what the ask is going to be. You can kind of give an eyeball of how much time that's going to be. Or, hey, Rhonda, can you help me use the chainsaw? I had a really hard time doing it. You know, it, I couldn't get it to start. Can you help me with that? Right, Very actionable sort of goal-oriented item as opposed to, hey, Rhonda, can you help me be a master, right? That's like, oh, gosh, I don't even know what you could use on that. Um, so when you're asking for help, you know, giving yourself some actionable items and then when you are getting asked for help, you know, reiterating back to them, okay, so here's what I'm hearing. Let's just make sure we're on the same page. When are we going to meet and how often do are you going to need input from me? You know, just to make sure everybody's on the same page because everybody in the universe is too busy. Every person will be like, I'm too busy for this. I don't have time. Nobody does. Nobody has any time. But if you give them a, a finite thing, I think from both parties, I think it's much more successful. So what I've taken away from this is number one, patience. Have patience with the person that you're working with in both directions, the mentor and the mentoree. Set a climate that is learnable, that is going to be well accepted. Be honest and open about things. That way you're not going to walk into a situation and have your mentor or your mentor say, really, I don't have time today. Just go away, go away. So that way you feel like you're not welcome anymore. And the other thing is to set boundaries and limits. You know, you've asked for help, but that doesn't mean this person's always going to be able to be there for you every step of the way to help every second that you do. I also liked what you said about really breaking things down. So when you say, I want to become a master, well, what encompasses being a master? You know, are you going to just learn how to use the tools? Do you have to learn how to get water from the engine to the fire? Do you have to do 
leadership trainings, you have to actually be able to conduct yourself on fire ground operations, talk on the radio. Talking on the radio is huge. I mean, that is a skill in itself. So everything can be broken down individually into small, small units. So when we talk about evolving, we can say today we're only going to focus on, we'll use the radio. Today you're going to learn how to do a radio transmission. That's it. Master that skill. When you master a skill too, you become more proficient. You feel better about yourself. You then learn what questions to ask next. What's going to follow in line with this? So I'm good at this. I've mastered A. Now what do I do to master B? And it's going to change. And again, with that, a new mentor may have to come into play. So I think the key takeaway from this whole thing for both parties is evolve, be patient, be willing to learn yourself. If you don't know something also as a mentor, don't just make something up. You're teaching somebody a skill. And I think that is the biggest thing because if we are looked at as somebody that's got a higher level of training, we never want to say to a person, oh man, I don't know that. I forgot that. Or I'm not good at this. I'm so sorry you have to ask somebody else because you're showing weakness. And we certainly never want to do that in the fire service. Perish the thought. I would pause on what you just said right there. This is like, I don't know. You have to go ask somebody else. It's so defeating, I think, for both parties. Right. One, if you're the person who's saying it, you're like, man, I super suck. And if you're the person receiving it, you're like, that's totally not helpful. I don't know where to do that. So it'd be like, I don't know. I'm so sorry. Like, I either have forgotten. I don't know that school. But you know who I will know? Who will know this information and go find that person. Be like, hey, let me introduce you. They have a question. Do you mind reviewing it for both of us? Right? It shows vulnerability for yourself to be able to, like, ask for help. You're setting, really setting the tone for the person younger in time or energy or human being um, that you're with to say, like, I can ask for help. Can you please show me? Um, you know, see one, do one as well as of like, okay, now I know the skill. So when you ask me again, I'll have some familiarity with it again and be able to help you. Yeah, I will remember when I was off the squad for a couple months and new tools were put on that squad. And here I am a person that's been a squad driver. I've been at the squad forever. And I should know this piece of apparatus and every tool on it inside and out. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, I got nothing. Yeah. And it was interesting because I remember the person that was what we call at our station, a fourth person, meaning they're just training to start riding the squad. I said, what is this thing and how do you use it? And they felt so good about themselves to say, haven't you been here forever? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I've never seen this thing in my life. And they showed me. So we both grew, we both learned. And that's the whole name of this game. We're here to help each other. We're here to learn. We're here to develop career development. We're here to grow. And it's the whole part of development. Just think about that. You're growing from the ground up. And you're taking the punches along with it. And you're never afraid to ask for help, whether you're the mentor or the mentoree. It's all a work in progress. We are a team you're only as strong as your weakest person, so why not make everybody strong together? I always say that, and that's part of development on both sides of the scope. So thank you, Susanna, for coming out here tonight, and I hope that this will help everybody start their new year off by making a plan. We all can grow in some way, whether you want to take a baby step in your career, whether you want to take a huge step in your career. No matter what your choice is, again, it is your choice. Do the best you can to find the best person to help you or be the best help to somebody that asks you. 
that's the bottom line of this whole game. So until next episode, happy new year to you. I hope it's a happy, healthy, and prosperous one. And until next time, see ya. Thank you for listening. Until next time, stay safe, take care of each other, and most of all, thank you for your continued dedication to the community you serve. Thank you.